Genesis chapter 27, verse 26. Genesis chapter 27 and verse 26. If you give me just a little bit of monitor up here, I would appreciate it very much. Genesis chapter 27, verse 26. I want to say I'm so thankful for what the Lord is, is doing. I, I just telling you over this past past couple weeks and especially this past week at youth camp, seeing what God is doing in our young people, I truly believe that we are we're seeing a revival begin to be birthed in our young people. I'm thankful for the moving of the Spirit. I've seen more and more pastors preaching it, and I'm seeing it happen, just preaching about the moving of the Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Ghost. I believe that we are. We're, we're about to see like never before what the prophet Joel said, in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons, your daughters will prophesy. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful to be a part of that. Genesis chapter 27, verse 26 is where we're going to go. Be reading from the NIV here today. Genesis chapter 27, verse 26. Then his father Isaac said to him, Come here, my son, and kiss me. So he went to him and kissed him. When Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he blessed him and said, Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you of heaven's dew and of earth's richness and abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers. And may the son of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed, and those who bless you be blessed. I want to speak to you for a little while this morning on the blessing of a father. Would you stretch your hands this way and ask for the Lord to anoint me as I do the same for you? Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the spirit, the presence of the Lord that is in this house today. And Lord, I just pray for every person under the sound of my voice, oh God, both here in the building and listening by podcast. And I pray that you would just open every heart, mind, and spirit, that they would receive what you have for them. Lord, I pray that you'd help me today to be your messenger, God. I'm nothing but an earthen vessel. I need your help and your anointing. Lord, help me, God. Give me the strength and the anointing I need, Lord. Let the Word of God be like fire shut up in my bones, I pray. Let me preach like a man from another world. And Father, I pray that you would help us today as our Heavenly Father. Help us to understand the importance and the influence of earthly fathers. Lord, we just give you the praise for it today. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, Amen. God bless you. You can be seated here this morning. Now, I know and I realize that it's not popular today, but I still believe that the Bible teaches us that men have a responsibility to be the high priest of their homes and the spiritual leader of their families. I know we live in a world today that keeps pushing that aside and keeps pushing it down, but every time I read the Scripture, both Old Testament and New, I am further convinced that we have a responsibility as men of God to be leaders, spiritual leaders of our homes and our families. 
I know I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, but I'm even more, it continues to be pressed into my spirit. Every Wednesday during the school year when a group of men meet at all of our different schools here in the county, I become more and more convinced of the importance of men of God. Now let me give you this little disclaimer here. Uh, When a man refuses to step up and fulfill their responsibilities, I believe that the Lord will help. He'll help a mama, he'll help a grandfather, a grandmother, or whoever it may be to fill that void. I've been in this long enough and I've seen it. I've seen where, you know, a mama has to step up and has to do what must be done. And I believe that the Lord, so I never want, you know, we've come to the place where, and I I know I've been in this for the past almost 20 years, and sometimes we're afraid to get up and preach the truth. So understand, I'm not preaching against women today. I'm not saying that God can't use you. I believe that God will, and unfortunately, in many cases today, Today, God is having to use women in the place where a man is supposed to be doing his responsibility. Somebody say amen. I've come to believe that Satan has launched an all-out assault on the family. I believe that. I believe that that is what the enemy has done because he knows before God ever made the church or any other institution, God made the family. Go back to the book of Genesis and we find that God made them male and female. He put Adam and Eve together in the garden for them to have children, to raise their children. I believe that that is God's plan. And the enemy is on an all-out assault on the family. And I am firmly convinced that it started with the man. Man, y'all are quiet. I can see it's going to be one of those mornings. I'm just going to gear up for no amens this morning. You know, I used to think that, that my daddy was going a little bit overboard when I was growing up. When television shows in the 80s and 90s began to portray the dad as a bumbling idiot. I can remember sitting in the living room and, you know, shows begin to portray that. You know, you go back into the, you know, 70s and 60s and 50s, go to the Andy Griffith and those, and you find that, you know, dads were heroes and dad. But as we moved on in time, I can remember shows, and they would portray the father as some moron who just couldn't get it all together and just couldn't seem to get going. I can remember my daddy being just getting disgusted with it. And me as just a kid, you know, I'm just like, hey, he's just, what's wrong with him? But listen. And now I realize that he saw something coming that is now with us. The removal of the father from the head of the family and many times completely removed from the picture altogether. Now, now I know that some people today, are that the, the automatic thing is, oh, that's just backwards thinking. That's just, no, absolutely not. God put a plan together for the family. God put a plan together for this world, and it is Satan that wants to destroy that plan and wants to pervert that picture. I need to tell you today on this Father's Day 2022 that children need a father. Children need a mama. Children need a daddy. Children need those figures in their life. And in this text, we find Isaac giving a blessing to his son. 
We find that as Isaac is getting ready, he's getting old, he's getting ready to die, and we find that he is giving a blessing to his son. And I want us to look at five things we find in this blessing. A meaningful touch, a spoken message, attaching a high value to the one being blessed, speaking a special future for the one being blessed, and an active commitment to fulfill the blessing. Let's start with number one. First of all, there's a meaningful touch in our text in Genesis 27 and 26 and 27. It says, And his father Isaac said unto him, Come near now and kiss me, my son. And he came near and he kissed him. We go a little further and we find in Genesis 48, 9 and 10, where the story is told of Joseph now bringing his children to Jacob, the one in Genesis 27 being blessed. Now in Genesis 48 is the one doing the blessing. And his son Joseph brings his grandchildren there. And in Jacob, we find, took his two grandsons in his arms and he kissed them and embraced them. And in fact, we find that these grandsons would take their place amongst the sons of Israel, who is Jacob, we know, and they would become the half-tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh. I'll show you all this to show you something, that there is something about human touch that is so important and it brings comfort. You see, Jesus shows the importance in the book of Mark chapter 10. It says, Then they brought little children to him, that he might touch them, and took them up in his arms, and laid hands on them, and blessed them. I think if anybody knew about the importance of human touch, of course, it was the one who made us humans, and that was Jesus Christ. And God, of course, we know how Jesus was there in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus was there in the beginning, so Jesus, of course, with the Father, made creation. But I believe even Jesus, as we know, as we read in the Bible, and it talks about how we have a high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Jesus took on flesh and dwelt among us, and not only do I believe that that helped him as he now knows what it feels like to be human in the negative sense and the temptations and the trials, but I believe that Jesus also knows in the positive sense, and as Jesus that came and took on flesh, Jesus even more realized the value of human touch. See, I've been to orphanages in other countries that are severely understaffed, and they can't give the children the attention that they really need. Many times those babies will lay there in those beds for hours and hours and hours and hours and rarely are held like they need because they're simply so understaffed. And they say it is remarkable the positive effects when groups come in and just spend time holding those babies that rarely ever get held. You see, many counselors say that many hurting people often mention, my mother or my father never really hugged or kissed me. Now, I know we're living in 2022, and the first, one of the first things that comes to mind is that we know in this broken and sinful world that physical touch has been misused, it has been abused, it has been perverted, but like all things, like all good things, Satan tries to pervert the good things that God has made. 
That's what Satan does. He tries to take the good things that God has done and twist them and skew them and pervert them. But I believe that we cannot throw the baby out with the bathwater. I firmly believe that we find here in Scripture that children need the loving, appropriate touch of a father. They need the embrace of a man. They need to feel someone stronger than them, embracing them, and not hitting them, not abusing them, but they need to feel the strong touch of a man loving them and taking care of them. We find, secondly, a spoken message. In verse 27 of chapter 27 here of our text, we find, so we went to him and kissed him. When Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he blessed him and said, Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. In the book of Matthew chapter 3, we find the baptism of Jesus. And we know that in this story, John is there. John baptizes Jesus as Jesus is coming up from the water. We know that the Spirit descends on him like a dove. And then the Father spoke from heaven. And he said, what? He said, what? This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. You see, I believe that this is the message that our children need to hear from us. If Jesus, and I know that, I know that the Father, he did that. He did that as an example to us. He did that for man to hear. But listen, I believe if, if, God, if God thought it necessary for he himself to speak out of heaven and publicly speak how much he loved his son, how proud he was of his son, how much more do our physical human children today need to have the affirmation and the positive words of a father over them. You see, we can't just assume that they know it. They need to hear it out of our mouths. I'm telling you, I believe that my girls, they need to hear it. They need to hear from their father that I am proud of them. They need to hear from their father words of affirmation. It is something that is necessary. You see, fathers, you have to be the one to speak into your children because if you don't speak into their lives, they'll find somebody who will and they will believe what they are told. Hear me and hear me well. There is a whole bunch of voices speaking out today, and one of them is just dying to speak into the life of your children and my children. And I am concerned about the messages that are being spoken into our children. Now, you're going to find about me, I've been here over a year now, you're going to find that I'm not just always on cases, and I'm not always, listen, if we boycotted everybody that had an agenda, I don't think you could hardly shop anywhere nowadays. But let me just put this out there for you, because I think this is important. Disney has committed, and I want you to listen to every word that I say here and stay with me, okay? Disney has committed to push the LGBT agenda in their content. In fact, they say, stay with me here because I want you to hear everything I've got to say. 50% of their characters will be LGBTQIA and racial minorities. So stay with me here because every believable lie always contains a certain amount of truth, doesn't it? So listen to your pastor here. There's nothing wrong with including minorities. In fact, I believe that that's a ploy of Satan to throw a little bit of the right 
in with the wrong. There's nothing wrong. There's absolutely fine to include minorities, but the danger is including the LGBTQIA agenda in it. Who would have ever thought that we would have to worry that Walt Disney, would he ever have known that this was going to happen, that we always felt safe setting our kids in front of a screen showing them Snow White or Aladdin or one of those kind. But now they have committed, they have committed themselves to be on board with it. In fact, again, I'm just going to tell you this. Most of you probably know already that, I mean, who in the world would have thought it Toy Story? I mean, I wasn't a kid, but I was still pretty young. And Toy Story, and innocent great movie now the buzz lightyear movie that has come out includes a same sex kiss in it you see for years for years this has been starting this has been growing this has been going and i'm telling you this because i'm telling you if we don't speak into our kids somebody else is going to do it Fathers, mothers, grandfathers, grandmothers, uncles, aunts, whoever you may be. I know this is Father's Day, but I'm telling everybody, if we don't speak into their lives, then the enemy is going to speak into their lives. It'd be much easier to just get up here and just go through a nice little sermon and read you a poem and not talk about these things. But I'm telling you, I've got a responsibility. I'm going to have to stand before God one day and give an account for what I've said and what I haven't said. And I want to speak today and tell you that I believe that we as the church must be responsible to speak out against these things. For years, don't, don't leave me yet, for years, even before the major push of homosexuality, mainstream media has spoken into lives saying that sexual promiscuity of heterosexual kinds are okay. Don't, don't, don't ever think that I'm not an equal opportunity offender. <laughs> I'll make everybody mad. I know you, we get that and everything, and we get that. Let me, can I just tell you that sex outside of the confines of marriage is sin? So we can't know. We're not going to just bash the homosexuality. I'm going to tell you that God has a plan. Can I go back to it again in the book of Genesis? God has a plan. A man, his wife, their children inside the godly confines of marriage. That is where he plays sex, and that is where it's supposed to be. But it's not supposed to be through two people in a heterosexual thing that are not married, and it's not ever supposed to be amongst two of the same sex. So I'm telling you to take time. You say, why in the world on Father's Day are you preaching about this kind of stuff? Because I'm telling you, if we don't speak into our kids' lives, there's a whole bunch of voices everywhere else that is dying to speak into them. Take time to speak into your children and teens. And don't just speak into your children when it's discipline. You need a relationship. I realize I realize that if I don't talk to my girls about their day and I don't talk to my girls about other silly things, if the only time they hear my voice is when I am correcting them or getting on to them, they are not going to want to hear what I have to say. And can I go ahead and throw this in for the church also? That applies to all relationships. Precious Jesus, help me for just a second. Because we got a lot of folks, listen, I have, I've, I've come to realize that I don't 
think that I'm ever, somebody that I don't know, I don't ever think that a post of mine on Facebook to somebody that I have no relationship with is ever really going to make a difference in their lives. And I don't think that I'm ever going to find somebody. I can't just walk up to a random stranger, I believe, and really have an effect in their lives if I start telling them every place that they're wrong. But listen, I do believe that as a pastor, that if I invest into the lives of, 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 of my people, that at then at that point that I can have a relationship and then when I speak into their lives a difference will be made listen that's the same way in church you know I know there were some generations where old people just wanted to get on the young people and that's fine if you've invested in a relationship with them is this all right this morning I gotta keep moving number three we find attaching high value to the one being blessed and that same verse verse 27 ah the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed Isaac was saying you smell like something God has blessed how many children how many children have parents call them anything but blessed how many children have all their parents have ever said was, well, you were just an accident. You're in my way. You just get on my nerves. You're worthless. You're stupid. You're dumb. Unfortunately, some of you may think that that doesn't happen. Unfortunately, it happens way, way, way more than we even want to think about. A recurring theme in the Old Testament was to pick an object that people could relate to and use a word picture to place value on it. Jacob was blessing his 12 sons at his death. Again, I'm jumping back now to Genesis 48 when now it's Jacob doing the blessing. And at his death, he was blessing his 12 sons and he wanted them to value themselves. So he used word pictures to place value on them so that they could see themselves in a certain way. In fact, he taught, and when it's, he's blessing Reuben, he referred to him as waters. To Simeon and Levi, he referred to them as swords. To Judah, he referred to him as a lion. Now I understand that culture is different now and everything doesn't translate perfectly, but I do believe that the principle does translate. And that is that we must make sure that we attach a high value to our children. That we take time to let them know how valuable they are, what we love about them, what their strengths are. I'm moving. Number four. Speaking a special future for the one being blessed. Look at 28 and 20, verse 28 and 29 of our text. May God give you of heaven's dew and of the earth's richness and abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed speaking a special future over the one being blessed let me just tell you i become the older i get the more and more i become because i think i went through a stage in my life 
or I just kind of didn't see the value of making sure that everything was spoken. But the older I'm getting, the more I'm seeing the value of making sure that I am speaking things out of my mouth because that's what the Bible says. The Bible says that the power of life and death is in the it's in the tongue, what we speak. The Bible talks about speaking things that are not as though they are. The Bible tells us all these things, and I believe that it is important. It is important that we speak a future blessing over our children. I believe that as a father, it's important that I speak over my children to say, I'm believing that you will find a man, that you'll find a man that will be good to you, that you'll find a man that will treat you right, that will love you. I think it's important to speak over them at this stage in life. You're going to God, God's going to bless you with scholarships. God's going to bless you with opportunities. God's going to bless you with a good career. I think it's important that I speak over them in their school career and say God is going to give you friends. God is going to give you favor. Every day, I've told you all this before, I pray it and I speak it over them every single day. Let the favor of the Lord be upon them. Parents, I'm telling you, fathers especially, we have a responsibility to speaking a special future over the ones being blessed because I'm telling you if we don't speak something over them then the enemy is going to speak other things over them and I've come too far to turn back and give my children to the enemy I am speaking that they will live and that they will prosper and that they will be blessed in their lives speak it over them fifthly we find an active commitment to fulfill the blessing. Now, I'm not finished. I've got an upcoming senior in high school, and I know there's some of you, you got grandkids. Some, I think, have got great-grandkids. And you know well more than me, but I have definitely figured out that parenting isn't easy. And that you're going to make mistakes. I've definitely figured out that there's no manual. I know, of course, yes, there, there's the Bible that gives us principles, and it is a manual for our life. But listen, there, there's no manual in here that's going to tell me every single specific scenario that's going to happen in the raising of my girls. It's then that I've got the responsibility to take those scenarios and find the principles in this book to apply it to their life. And let's just be honest. I'll just be honest. Sometimes I've missed it before. Parenting isn't easy. Being a father isn't easy. We're going to make mistakes. But listen, our, our Secretary General, John Childers, he always says, he's got this little phrase. He says 80, he'll always say it, 80% of it is just showing up. I'm going to say that one more time. 80% of it is just showing up. There's none of us that are the perfect father. But in this world where so many aren't even showing up, can I just tell you, fathers, that your children are going to take notice when you consistently show up. You're not going to make all the perfect choices. You're not going to make all the perfect decisions. Sometimes you're going to make mistakes. Sometimes you're going to lose your cool. Sometimes you're going to. But listen, I believe that we must make sure that we are showing up. I'm going to be there. I can't commit. I know that I'm going to make mistakes. I know that I'm going to aggravate my children. I know that I'm always not going to do the perfect thing. But I have committed in myself that I'm going to be there for them.
Commit yourself. Commit yourself to your children. Commit yourself to praying for your children. Commit yourself to taking them to church when they're young and maybe even making them come to church when they get a little bit older. I'm going to say that one one more time. Commit yourself to taking them to church when they're young and commit yourself to making them come to church when they're a little bit older. I know I've shared this with you before, but on these occasions, I just can't help it. When I lived in the house of Jeff Laughlin, church was not an option for me. As a pastor, I've heard people and I've, people have come into church and they say, hey, where's, where's little Johnny, little Susie? Oh, they just didn't feel like coming today, so I didn't make them. And honestly, it's just hard for me to not laugh in their face. I'm just going to be honest. Because I think back, and I thought, and I think, <laughs> yeah, I, that one, I can imagine how that one would have went. Commit yourself to these principles in this message today. I want to give you this as our musicians come and take their places. I believe fathers have a profound impact on the spiritual life of the family. Now there's different ones of the, these that you've probably seen around, but the one thing about it, they may be off just a point or two, but every single one of them are consistent. And I've got a graphic up here to show you the impact, the profound impact on the spiritual life of a family of the father. When children are saved, 3.5% of the rest of the family time the rest of the family will come to salvation. When the mother finds Christ, 17% of the time the family will come and follow Christ. But 93% of the time, when the father comes to Christ first, 93% of the families will follow. Now, I know that we're living in a day of misinformation and things can be twisted and all that. And so take it, do with it what you want. But I'm telling you, that's the kind of data that just don't lie right there. When I tell you I believe the importance of the man, of the father, being the spiritual high priest of his or his family, I believe that's why right there. It's not just not just something that you read about, even if you just didn't, even if you didn't believe in the Bible, which I do. The statistics don't lie about it. That if a father will commit himself to Christ, 93% of the time, the entire family will. Stand with me, if you will, please, this morning. What does our nation need? Well, we know, we know our nation needs revival. We know our nation needs a renewal and a freshing from the Spirit of God. But I believe 
that the way that comes about is through men of God. Fathers that begin to step up. Say, God has given me this responsibility. I have an obligation as a man, as a husband, as a father. I have a God-given responsibility and obligation to make sure that my family is doing what God says that we should do. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, I know today has been one of those days that it's not one of those shout and run of the aisle sermons. But I believe the truth of your word has gone forth. So Holy Spirit, I pray. I pray, Lord, Lord Jesus, as you told the parable of the word going out as seed falling on the good ground. I pray for the seed that has gone forth. And I pray that it would bring a multiplied harvest. I ask you that you'd help men raise up godly men, godly husbands, godly fathers. We're not going to hit it on, we're not going to hit the mark all the time. I know we're imperfect. But God, Jacob certainly wasn't perfect. But you used him. Isaac wasn't perfect. But you used him. Abraham was, in fact, I could go through the whole Bible. There wasn't but one perfect, Jesus. The rest were flawed individuals just like us. But the greatness comes when they submitted their lives to you and allowed you to work through them. So, Father, I pray today. I pray for every person under the sound of my voice. We as men, husbands, fathers, once again, feel the weight of that responsibility and take up that responsibility again to lead our families, to lead this nation in revival, O Lord. Help us, I pray. Help us, I pray. Here's what I'd like to do if I could get a couple of guys really quick to help me and push these altar benches up against the steps here. Because I want to do just like we did at Mother's Day, except we're going to turn it around. I want to ask every father in this house, every father in this house, I want to ask you to just come spread out here in this altar right now. Would you do that? If you're a father, would you come and just come in this altar and just stand and spread out right up here? All of our fathers. Would you come? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now I want to ask families, wives, children, grandchildren, I want you to just come and gather around the Father that represents you up here. Would you do that? Would you just come and find them and 
Gather around them right now. Get behind them. Lay your hands on them. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Any children that are here, that's what I want you to find. Find them. Find your daddy. Find your granddaddy. Come up here behind them. Lay hands. I know you may have to shift around a little bit. That's all right. That's all right. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray, and we're going to pray for some mamas, too, that daddies haven't done what they're supposed to do, but God's going to help you and anoint you, too. Hallelujah. Come on, fathers. Would you just put your hands up in the air right now? Every father in this house, put your hands in the air. Let's begin to pray right now. Would you stretch your hands, those in your seats, just stretch your hands this way. Mamas and children and everybody, just begin to pray for them right now. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, I thank you for these men of God right now. Lord God, I thank you, Lord, that they have responded, that they have stepped out, that they have come up, oh Lord. Lord, I pray for them right now. None of us here in this room are perfect. None of us standing here are perfect. God, we've all got flaws. We've all got failures, oh Lord. We've all messed up. But Lord, I believe we've got a responsibility. We've got a calling on our lives, oh Lord. Calling to be the men of God that you've called us to be, the high priest of our homes. So Father, right now, in Jesus' mighty name, I pray for every single one of them wherever they're at in life. Some of them have grown children, but they still have influence over their grown children. And I pray that you'd help them as they, as they help to influence their grown children. Father, some of them have children still in the home, and I pray that you'd help them. Help them to make the tough decisions, oh God. Help them, God, to make the decisions that aren't popular, but they're right. I pray that you'd help them to step up, to step up in their spiritual walk, I pray. Lord, to be the men of God that you've called them to be, to be the high priest of their home that you've called them to be, that they commit themselves more than they ever have to your word and to prayer, that they commit themselves to, your to their children. They are your children also. But commit themselves to their children, to loving them, to being there. God, that they would be the men that show up, O oh Lord. And God, maybe even some of us, Lord, that you're going to call us to be the one that shows up for the ones whose dad ain't showing up, oh God. Lord God, that Lord, whether it's through an official adoption or fostering, or even if it's just those relationships through churches or schools, God, Lord, to help us to be the one that'll be there and support those that don't have the support. God, I'm so convinced more than I ever have been before of the importance of godly men in the lives of our children. Help us, oh Lord, raise us up, anoint us, oh Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, use us, I pray. Let a mighty anointing come. Holy Ghost, I invite you to just be poured out on these men right now in the name of Jesus. Let a heavy anointing be upon them, oh God, right now in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name, help us, anoint us, oh God, and do us with power from on high. Fill us with your spirit, oh God. Let us be the men of God that you've called us to be. Let us impact our families. Let us impact our communities. Let us impact our workplaces. God, use us, I pray, in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Father, we thank you. We praise you for what you're doing, oh God, in these men and their lives. God, I just speak, I speak blessings over them as their pastor now.
I pray your blessings over each and every one of them. Father God, I pray that, Lord, as men, you would bless them to be the best husbands that they possibly can, to be the best fathers that they possibly can. I pray, oh God, that you would just let your anointing be on them. I speak, oh God, blessings upon their lives. Give them raises. Give them promotions, oh Lord. Open doors of opportunity for them, I pray, in the name of Jesus Christ. Use them. Use them to be men. Use them to be men of God, I pray. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus Christ. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And I speak against every lie of the enemy. I speak against every lie of the enemy right now in the name of Jesus that says they cannot be that they cannot be what you've called them to be. They cannot be who you've called them to be. Just like it's important for us as fathers to speak over our children the good things, the blessings. Father, as their pastor, I speak over them, and I say they can do all things through Christ who strengthens them. I say they can be the husband. They can be the father that you've called them to be. They can do what you've called them to do through the power of the Holy Ghost operating in their lives. Lord, right now, I believe you for it. I speak it over them right now in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Father, we just praise you. We thank you for it, O God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, right now, fathers, would you just turn around and would you just pray a blessing over those that have been praying for you right now? Would you just begin to speak a blessing? Oh, it doesn't have to be eloquent. Just speak a blessing over those right now. Just pray God would bless them. Bless your spouse. Bless your children. Bless bless all of your grandchildren, nieces, nephews. Would you do that right now? Would you be the man of God that God has called you to be and take that role that God has given to you to be the man of God and to speak blessing, rebuke the enemy, rebuke the enemy that is coming after your family, rebuke the enemy that is trying to destroy your marriage, rebuke the enemy that is trying to destroy your children, rebuke the enemy right now and by the authority in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, right now, Lord, we pray it in Jesus' mighty name. Father, over my wife, God, I speak blessings and protection. Over my children, I speak blessings and protection. Lord, over my family, Lord, I speak blessings over them right now in the name of Jesus. And the enemy will not prevail. Father God, that we'll be the ones getting in our children's ear. And though the enemy would try to speak his lies into them, Lord, he'll not prevail because our voices will be the ones they listen to. Our voices will be the ones that they feel the love and they know the love. Our voices will be the ones that they allow into their spirits, oh God. Help us, I pray. Help us, I pray today, oh Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank God. Thank God for fathers. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a praise here today. Let me just encourage you. If your father's still alive, 
make sure you contact him. If you possibly can, make sure you contact your father in some way. Tell him how much you love him and appreciate him today. I love you. I appreciate all you've done. Make sure that you're keeping up to date with what's going on. Be in prayer for camps this week. God's got some great, great things in store for us. As you're leaving today, we've got some young ladies that are going to help. So every father in the house, as you're going out the door,